Voice Coaches Radio. Everything voiceover. Hello and welcome once again to Voice Coaches Radio. I'm Warren Garling. And I'm Mike Spring. Something exciting happening this time, this week, Mike. Yeah. Uh, And I'll share it with you, (laughs) in case you don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Uh What I'm excited about is that we've done an interview. You did a terrific interview with a a gentleman that we're actually dividing into two parts. We're going to have a part one and a part two. And we've never done that before in in all 200 and blah, blah, blah episodes that we've had. Yeah, this is like the the TV miniseries of podcasts. (laughs) So think of this as like the North and the South episode or the... There you go. The... I don't know, another famous miniseries. Uh, Roots, which <laughs> really kind of started Root. it all. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, and I think we should definitely, definitely compare our, the importance of our podcast to the you know groundbreaking television <laughs> right. event that was Roots. I think so, too. Yeah, I mean, it's got everything that Roots had. Right, exactly. All yeah, right, everything. Right. It's just that you can't see anything. Yeah, you know, you yeah. Used your imagination. Right. Anyway, long story short, we had a, a great interview. As I say, Mike did it with uh, Sean Pratt. Now, if you don't recognize Sean's name, perhaps you know some of his work, which he'll get into talking about in a few moments, but um, he's, uh, guess what? He's a voice actor. Uh, <laughs> yes, but he's a very specific kind of voice he is. actor. Tell, tell them what uh, Sean's background is Sean like. Sean is an audiobook narrator, mm. uh, and he works in audiobooks pretty much every single day. He's been doing it for about 20 years, and he has narrated uh, over 750 audiobooks, wow. which is yeah. no small task, I Absolutely. Think. And he talks about working four to five hours a day, six days a week at this which I would imagine you have to do to get up to 750 books in the last uh, you know 20 years or so. Yeah, and Sean is a, is a great guy. He's got a wealth of information to share, which is why we broke it into two parts. There was so much we actually just couldn't fit it into one week's episode without it being you know half an hour long. And I'm sure people would enjoy listening to Sean for that long, but nobody wants to listen to you and me for that long. That's Warren, true. So. That's true. <laughs> so the first part here is uh, Sean talking about uh, his history, how he kind of got into this, and, and where it's led, and then uh, how to prepare for a, an audiobook job. So uh, let's listen to, to Mike and Sean. Well, Sean, welcome to Voice Coaches Radio. It is a real pleasure to have you with us today. Thanks so much for having me. So let's talk. You've had a storied career in, in audiobooks, and so I want to talk about that and, and your career, but I want to start at the beginning, which I always think is a good place to start. Um, how did you get started in voice acting, first of all? Well, you know, I tell people I got started because I was tired of hanging sheetrock. <laughs> um, I, I was a New York theater actor at mm-hmm. the time. And uh, working off Broadway, was doing classical theater around the country. And um, I had gone to Washington, D.C. to do a play where I met my wife, Shannon Parks. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a showman, as they call it. Right. And um, the, uh, there was an actor in the show who one day, in the green room, I said, so what do you do when you're not working? And he said, well, I narrate audiobooks. And I said, oh, that sounds sort of interesting. And I said, I got him a cup of coffee. And I said, well, what is that all about? Not that I was necessarily interested in starting that, but it was just an interesting topic. Sure. And he actually sat down, this is back in 1996, actually 94, and he sort of gave me a rough thumbnail sketch of what the industry was like. And then he said, well, you know, if you ever move down here for any reason, do me a holler, I can introduce you to some people. And who knew that two years later in 96, you know, Shannon would use her feminine wiles to lure (laughs) me away from Broadway to come to D.C. And that's, when I landed here, I thought I had lined up a bunch of acting work. It all fell through, and I was sort of at loose ends. And my day job, starting out as an actor, was a carpenter. I, mm-hmm. That's how I got through college and so on. And I said, you know, I really am done being a carpenter. I sure. really want to, you know, jump in full throttle. And so uh, David introduced me to a gentleman named Grover Gardner, who's a big-time mm-hmm. yep. narrator in the industry. Yep, absolutely. Uh, good friend of mine now. And um, I went over to his house. 
he spent the day talking to me, and we cut a little demo, and he, uh, uh, he said, you know, I'll shop it around for you, and we're good friends now, and I always joke that if he had known what was about to happen to him with me, he probably should have thrown me off his porch because I proceeded, <laughs> I proceeded to call him twice a week, saying, hey, how's it going? How's that uh, demo shopping going? Uh, right. You know, until he finally broke down and called Blackstone Audio and put mm-hmm. some tape and mm-hmm. said, oh, for the love of God, give me something to give this guy. Just <laughs> shut him up. Right. And that was the start. I, you know, I... Once I had my foot in the door with books on tape and with Blackstone Audio, then I could talk to those people, mm-hmm. you know, because Rover was acting as a gatekeeper, of course. And, right. And um, I started in, and this is back in the days of ADAT tape for mm-hmm. those people who mm-hmm. go back to the, you know, the videotape cartridge and the, and the old machine. Right. But the one thing I learned very quickly was, even though I had been practicing, that doing audiobooks and voice acting was a lot harder mm-hmm. than I had thought, because I started... Um, you know, I, I was one of those really odd people that started audiobooks w- where the industry is now, which means I was I was working in a booth by myself. Right. And, you know, I tell prospective actors uh, when they want to get into it that a narrator now wears four hats at once. You are the narrator, mm-hmm. you're the director, mm-hmm. you're the engineer, and you're the producer. Right. And you have to learn to wear all four of those hats at once to do an audiobook. And I learned that very quickly. And fortunately for me, since I was a newbie, I went back to you know, BOT and Blackstone and I told them, I said, I will narrate anything that nobody else wants. <laughs> I don't care if it's a three-volume history of bread. Give it to me. I'll do it. <laughs> right. And in the act, of, and they gave me some really, you know, <laughs> shall we say, you know, not the best material to work on. But in the act of doing that, I learned what it actually meant to be a narrator. Mm-hmm. Working, you know, working with the mic every day, the machinery the research, the, just the, you know, the grind of it. And it, but it really, it's like that Malcolm Gladwell thing he talks about, the 10,000 hour rule. Yep, yep. But, you know, practicing and practicing at 10, you know, until I hit that 10,000 hour. And that was, you know, back in 96. And this December, I just finished recording my 750th book. Wow, that's amazing. Do you, do you remember what that first book was? I do, actually. You never forget your first one. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> uh, it was... Cabbages and Kings by O. Henry. Wow, all right. So you yeah. started off with a pretty a pretty well-known author there, at least. Yeah, and then it dipped into uh, anonymity, anonymity for quite some time. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know. <laughs> the majority of the work you do is, you know, by writers who are, you know, mostly B-list art, uh, writers who mm-hmm. are trying to break into bigger times. But then every so often you audition for and you get something amazing. You know, I've, had, I've narrated Ben-Hur. Mm-hmm. I've narrated Searching for Bobby Fischer. Right. Raintree County, A Death in the Family. I've done um, uh, Infinite Jest by uh-huh. David Foster Wallace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you get a book like that, you just, it makes it all worthwhile. It really does. It, those are such amazing pieces of writing. Sure. Just, you just love them, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So w- what are some of the more challenging projects that you've worked on? Oh, well, Infinite Jest by far was the most difficult yeah. piece of fiction I ever worked on. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it required so much preparation just understanding the text, because it's sort of written in this sort of stream of consciousness, James Joycean style. Right. It's over, it's, it, well, the, the finished project was 67 hours long. Woo! Wow. And it was so complex, we had to go at it in 10-hour chunks. 10 right. 10-hour finished chunks. That would take a week to do. Right, right. And we'd take a, a break for a few months, and then I'd prep the next chunk, and then we'd get back together. John McElroy was the producer on that. Mm-hmm. And, um... 
I, you know, that by far that's the most complex one. Um, sometimes I, I think another one that was pretty, it was just hard because of the breadth of it. I did Michael Burlingham's two-volume biography of Abraham Lincoln. That mm-hmm. was 110 hours. Wow. So, you know, you, I, I couldn't do it all in one shot week after week. It was just too much. Right. Once again, it required a lot of research before I got into the boot. Sure. So, what kind of preparation do you do in general when you're approaching a book? Um, well, there's two things. Um, if it's a piece of fiction, the first rule, the cardinal rule, is you must read the book. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you don't, and, and sometimes I'm so busy, I don't have time to read the book. So I actually, I will hire someone to read the book for me mm-hmm. to give me a give me a heads up. So when I'm working through it and skimming ahead, I know that there's no surprises. Right. You know, so if it's a piece of detective fiction that you know that the mystery voice in chapter three is so and so in chapter twenty, right? And um, but you always you always have to read that book. And there's a really famous story. It's an anecdotal story of uh, a narrator I know. And when I mean the narrator, I know I don't really mean it's me, and I'm disguising it. I actually know this person, <laughs> right? <laughs> Noted. <laughs> he he, um, uh, he got hired to do like a, a forty book volume airport mystery novella series. You uh-huh. know, these kinds of books you just snap up at the airport bookstore on your way to, on your flight and mm-hmm. they're just these little, you know, formulaic things. And they were all, the, the gimmick was is each book was told from the point of view of the detective and each book had a different detective and mm-hmm. this guy's really good with accents. Well, he's about a third of the way through the series and by this time he's just got them down. So he, sure. literally he just reaches in the box where they are and pulls up the next one, opens it up breaks it open, hits record, and goes, Chapter 1. I woke up with a raging hangover after celebrating the Boston Red Sox win over blah, blah, blah with the boys at, you know, Precinct 4 or something like that. And so it's the case of, like, the missing Salton or something. Mm -hmm. And he gets to literally the very end of the book. And the detective goes... And so I solved the case of the missing cell phone. And to celebrate, I decided it was high time to fly back to Edinburgh, Scotland, where I was born and raised. <laughs> and Ouch. I said, yeah, I said, what'd you do? And he said, well, I took myself out for a really nice meal. <laughs> and the next morning I got up and I hit record and went, I woke up with a raging hangover. You know, yep. so you got to read the book. Absolutely. Um, got to do all your research. You know, how do you say that town in France? How do you say this phrase in Latin? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you say the name of the CEO or, you know, people who appear and so on. So that's all sort of the director job. Right. And then, of course, um, now this is just fiction. If you do, so you're also, as you're reading it, you're making decisions. Mm-hmm. What kind of voice do you want to, you know, for this character or that character? Mm-hmm. And you're keeping a list of that. Right. For nonfiction, depending on what the genre is, I mean, you know, I've done... Uh, several books about, say, World War II, and so then you're looking up, how do you pronounce all these names and about the Yugoslavian resistance? Right, so right. It, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's that kind of research. So it, it differs depending on the genre. Right. Um, there are also times I've done books, say, on physics or have mathematical equations. Well, how do you say that mathematical equation? How do you right. actually say it? Right. So most books, you know, are pretty straightforward. You can put them up and get rolling pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But every so often you'll encounter a book that, you know, needs uh, a certain degree of research to a lot of research. You just never know. Right, right. 
And as they say on TV, but wait, there's more. <laughs> We're going to have a, another part to this great interview with Sean Pratt next week. But uh, boy, the, the, the guy just is a wealth of information. He really is. And you know, I think that, um, especially you'll see in, in next week's interview as well, but also today's, I think you'll see that even if audiobooks isn't a part of the field that you're necessarily interested in or pursuing, I think he gives a lot of great information that you can apply to other areas of voice acting as well. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm thinking? Uh, this is what happened to me. After listening to uh, Sean uh, during this interview, I realized that when you're listening to him, you're probably going to decide right here and now one of two things. I really want to get into doing audiobooks, or I really don't want to get into doing audiobooks. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? I, I decided that it may not be for me, to be honest with you. I, I've done long form before, many mm-hmm. hundreds of pages, but it's usually uh, educational and that sort of thing. Um, I'm not sure if, if audiobooks with the, all the different kind of voices and stuff, but hey, I, I guess I should try. Well, one, huh? you know, it's interesting because, Warren, I, I've done a couple you of have, them yeah, myself, and, right. they, and, and they're a lot of work for sure. I tell people all the time, audiobooks are very rewarding, but they are also, um, you know, a lot of work. Uh, but what, what's interesting is when I listened to it, it sort of made me go, you know, I need to get back on track with that. I yeah. haven't I haven't pursued an audiobook in a while, and yeah. I think it's time that I sort of get back into it because he sort of reminded me of what I do like about doing it. So it's interesting. I agree with you 100%. Some people will think that's this is you know way too much work. It's not what I'm interested in. Other people are going to say, man, that sounds really exciting. So whichever one you know whichever one it is for you is perfectly fine. So what's ahead uh, next week in part two? Well, next week Sean has some really great advice about getting into character and a approaching character voices, uh, as well as, you know, advice for newcomers who want to get into narrating audiobooks. So it'll be a great, another great interview with Sean next week. Sounds good. Well, sometimes the hardest step to take toward a new goal is that first step. So Voice Coaches is taking care of that for you when it comes to getting into voice acting. It's called Getting Paid to Talk. It's a single evening adult education class that introduces voice acting in a fun and enlightening way. We offer this class through universities, colleges, schools, and recreation programs across North America. And we could already have plans to visit your town soon. That's right. The week of February 3rd, we're hitting some major metropolitan areas with a couple of classes in greater Washington, D.C., a couple more in the Baltimore, Maryland area, and then classes in Albany and Syracuse, New York. The following week, we've got several classes planned for the greater Buffalo and Rochester, New York areas, Carlisle and Brockton, Massachusetts, and Providence, Rhode Island. To find out when we'll be visiting your region, call our toll-free number at 866-887-2834. Or you can email us at podcast at voicecoaches.com. That's also the best way to send us any questions or comments or topic suggestions for our podcast. And if you need a voice acting fix between podcasts, you can always follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook. And by the way, if Mike is a little slow in responding to your email, he's just a little uh, sad about the 49ers last weekend. Sorry, Mike. (sighs) (laughs) But we'll be back next week just before the Super Bowl and Mike will pick his favorite. Oh, I've already got my favorite in that game. Believe me. It ain't the Seahawks. (laughs) (laughs) I figured maybe not. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you again next week. Visit voicecoaches.com for more voiceover news and information. By the way, I have to say, I love that because you wrote these before the weekend, it says, you know, it's just that he's busy being happy slash sad about the San Francisco 49ers. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, yep. you know, I just, uh, you know, thank God I picked the right one. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> Woo. Um, Sean Pratt, right? Yes. That's what I thought. Yep. Yes, don't don't mistake it and call him Prawn Shat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um <laughs>
Um, <laughs> and that's some sort of shrimp that uh, has a dietary yes, problem? Yes, or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and he talks in here about working 45, hour, 45 hours a day. 45 hours he a day. He finally figured out how to do 45 <laughs> hours in 24. It, it involves some quantum physics and time travel. But I mean, if, you, but you know, very smart if you've got the motivation, there's no reason you can't do it, too. <laughs> I would imagine you have to do to get up to 750 books in the last, uh, you know, 20 years or so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, you know, insert interviewee bits here. <laughs> Whatever the inserting interviewee bits noise is. That's close. Not bad, right? Yeah. I think we should just use that this week instead of the actual sound effect. We should throw that in sometime and see if anybody catches, <laughs> you know, that nothing happened afterwards. Or, right, you know, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> So what's it, what's head next week? Uh, next week, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I That's threw right, that. I, I already moved my my, <laughs> my bullet point okay. pages. Well, sometimes the hardest step to take that <laughs> the hardest step to taking is that first to, is step to be able to read is this. stepping yeah, exactly. right. towards the All right. stepping. And if you need a voice acting, a voice acting, voice <laughs> acting. That's a soft V. It's uh, you know, it's a little known technique, but it's for adding uh, dramatic emphasis. There you go in Russian. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs>